Hey, I'm Rebecca Hamilton, creator and owner of Chick Boss Cake. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping, woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. Guess what? You can now be featured on our podcast. We've got different packages to choose from listed on my website, RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. Get your product or service noticed by advertising with us on our podcast, reach our loyal listeners, and let us help you to increase your audience and sales. Uh, So I was just sitting down to record our podcast episode with Chad for this week, and I got a DM on my phone that said how much they love listening to our podcast. So I thought since I was sitting down to record it right now, that I may as well give a shout out to Cultured Caboose on Instagram. Um, They do sourdough breads, different kinds of breads in St. Thomas area. And their Instagram looks amazing. It looks so delicious. Um, and they said, I've been listening to your podcast and I just want to say thank you. They're fantastic, super helpful and very entertaining. So thank you so much to Cultured Caboose. I love getting DMs and reviews from you guys. You guys are the best. Um, and if you guys have been enjoying my podcast, feel free to reach out and let me know. I may just give you a shout out in the episode. So that's freaking awesome. So Chad, let's take a trip down memory, memory lane. Let's do it. <laughs> Not really my favorite thing to do personally, uh, as I've had a pretty rough past, which I do go into greater detail in my book about. Um, But for the sake of this podcast, we are going to do that. We're going to take a trip down memory lane. Um, If you could tell your 18-year-old self anything, what would it be? What do you wish you knew back then that you know now? Isn't that the question? That is the topic of this podcast. And... We thought that this would be a really helpful and beneficial podcast to um, see how far you know we've come and see all of the things that we've learned and to talk about like how hard things felt at the time. And you know, there's just there's so many things that we can learn and reflect on to see just how far we've come and how much we've learned since back then. And not even just since we were like 18 or, or so like that, but, um, even like recently, like maybe last year, a couple years ago, um, there's just so many things that we have overcame and have learned. Um, and we continue to learn and overcome things every day. So, yeah. And isn't that the key to so many things in life about living and growing and, um, yeah, like I just think back to when I was younger and, and what that looked like. 
um, you know, the, the narrow mindset that I had, the, mm-hmm. the naive um, thinking to the world. Um, oh, you mean like you didn't actually know everything when you were 18? Like you thought that you did? <laughs> yeah. What a know-it-all. Spoiled oh brat. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so these are the top 10 things we would tell our younger selves. You ready for this? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Number one, stop stressing okay this is number one because this is to myself (laughs) specifically um i actually reposted a quote the other day that said um it was on instagram and it said quotation one day you'll look back and realize that you worried too much about things that didn't really matter Um, And how true is that? I mean, as adults, I know we can all look back on things that we stressed over and things that seemed extremely overwhelming um, at the time that ended up having little to no impact in the bigger picture of things. Um, It doesn't matter what age you are. uh, You can look back on some really challenging times and how you felt as you went through it and how you feel about it now. So, you know, think back to the time when you were stressed out over, I don't know, like an exam that you needed to pass or the guy that broke up with you that seemed like the absolute end of the freaking world. Um, And you felt like if you didn't pass that exam, you would never graduate. Thus, you would never get a job if you never graduated. And if you didn't get a job, you wouldn't be able to buy a house. And how can you have a family without a house? So scrap that. How can you have a family when your boyfriend freaking broke up with you? Everything just feels like absolute stress when you're younger. Um, You make things into such a bigger deal than they actually are. And you can get lost down the rabbit hole of if this happens or doesn't happen, then that's going to happen and that might not happen. And it's just, it's an endless, endless um, hole that you go down. And it literally just creates fear, stress, and anxiety and can lead to depression and all kinds of different things if you don't get control over it. So, yeah. And I think, um, you know, when you're younger, you have stress and anxiety obviously about different things but i you know on the topic of looking back on um you know our younger selves um what better advice to give someone you know who's younger that hey like get a hold of your worry your stress and start to really master that and be in tune to that at a younger age because in adult life obviously those things you know get amplified in a more real form mm-hmm. um so yeah it's a, if i think back and if i were to if somebody were to you know, taught me these things at that age that you can get a handle on this now, then, you know, come your adult years, you know, you're not going to be worrying and stressing about, you know, money and, and family and, um, this and that, the other thing. Right. Um, so yeah, I, this is a, a wonderful one. Right. And I mean, I feel like even as adults, like we still struggle with this today. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, an ongoing thing. Um, and yeah, when you're, when you're a child, I mean, you got no stress, you're carefree, you're (laughs) Roman free and, but you um, think that you have a lot of stress though. (laughs) And I mean, to be fair, I mean, at the time it does feel stressful at that time to you as a child, you know what I mean? Or as a teenager, right? Like it literally does feel like that. Like 
What's an example in your life where you felt like it was the end of the world when you were that age? Like maybe when you lost like a hockey tournament or something. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we lost. Our season's over. Oh my over. God. Like it's the ruined. end of the world. Like how could you ever continue <clears throat> living on in life? It's but... terrible, right? I don't know how I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Oh my God. But you remember that feeling of just being <laughs> yeah. so like hopeless and like upset about it, right? No. It's crazy. It's crazy. So um yeah i mean i would tell my younger self to find healthy ways to cope and manage stress that is super important um find supports in your life that are positive influences um adults or teachers or guidance counselors um you know friends are obviously a great support but usually friends are on the same level as you so they may not be able to help you through stressful times and offer you like actual beneficial advice so finding support um and outlets and things that you can do to manage and relieve your stress is super critical for very sure very important yeah absolutely yeah all right so number two um along the same lines but nothing is the end of the world okay challenges are a part of life they're a totally normal part of life um and you will face them continuously throughout your life life is basically just a bunch of freaking challenges that you have to overcome literally everything in life can be perceived as a challenge um and i don't know about you but didn't every single challenge when you were younger feel like the end of the world because it definitely did for me <laughs> oh absolutely and this one analogy i always love in reference to challenges right so if you think about you know the population how many people just kind of you know stay in the shadows and go about their lives in a very um you know easy way they avoid change they avoid um you know controversy or, or any type of growth right and what they're doing, right, is they're, yeah, maybe their life's easier, but they're not actually like happy and fulfilled and growing and, and mm -hmm. reaching their full potential. So, you know, when you think about if you want to be extremely happy and successful and, and all those things, you, you're going to face more challenges because you're naturally um, stepping outside your comfort zone and exposing yourself to that more frequently, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that's really cool. And I know that um, for you and I, when we kind of realized this concept, it was like, okay, well, if, if we're going to do this and we're going to expose ourselves and we're not going to live our lives in the shadows, like, you know, majority of the population, we want to reach our full potential. We need to figure out how to overcome challenges um, in a very, you know, easier and, and quicker and methodical way right um and yeah when you're younger you don't ever um figure that out right you know it seems like the end of the world right yeah like everything seems like the end of the world and i honestly don't even know what kind of advice i would tell myself to actually be able to comprehend and understand the fact that nothing is the end of the world so I mean, aside from just reminding yourself that nothing is the end of the world and, you know, trying to find gratitude when you're younger, I would definitely um, want to learn like gratitude and the impact of that and being grateful for, for the small, simple things that I have going on, um, the positive things. Um, I think that gratitude really would help uh, the feeling of everything being the end of the world, especially when you were younger, right? Like I, I didn't learn gratitude until I don't know. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't even know 20s. what it meant. <laughs> like I literally didn't know what it meant either. I didn't know what that and meant. I, I just, you know, I wish that 
you know, somebody or the schools or something would teach people gratitude because it is such an important lifelong skill. And it's something that whenever I am facing a challenge that I always just go directly to that. And it is so, so helpful. So, um, yeah, I think the answer to combating the feeling of something being the end of the world is gratitude and looking for things that you love and things that you can be grateful for, um, in spite of whatever hard thing you're going through. Exactly. And I mean, isn't it funny how, like, if you think about when you're younger, right, the schools teach you like, basically skills. like skills of math. like you know math science English. stuff like that but nothing <laughs> whatsoever um with like emotions and, no, and life. you know life in, in general right so um yeah i mean you have to just go out into the world on your own um sure you have the book smarts but you don't mm-hmm. have the emotional intelligence right yeah so you go into this world and you're you you got all those skills and well, what are you going to do now that's only a small fraction and in fact it's actually yeah. even less. in my opinion less important um than the than the uh, other part of it right so yeah um you have to teach that to yourself yeah. honestly you have to really want to do better for yourself and really want to um, develop if you want to be truly happy and truly fulfilled you need to take responsibility for your own life do your own research be absolutely relentless in um, the pursuit of finding out how to be a better human how to get your emotions in check and you know like you need to teach yourself the soft skills of life because school is not meant for that school is meant to teach you the actual skills like the basics of math and Mm -hmm. and english and stuff right so it's up to you don't play the victim and don't think that you know somebody else is going to teach it to you for you they're not going to no definitely not okay number three is don't use social media as your form of therapy or <laughs> venting space, okay? Um, this topic is going to be a long one. Oh, my God. You think yeah. about it, right? Like, yeah. I just, I remember when, you know, the, I don't know if this still happens now on, on Facebook. I mean, it does with the memories, but I don't think yeah. it's really, it's more so the pictures, I think, that they show you now. But No, I have, oh, have I've post? had some come oh, really? up in my memories, and I'm like, did I actually write that? <laughs> Like, this is embarrassing. Did I sound like that? I would never share any of those. <laughs> like, it is so embarrassing, like, the way so, that, yeah. yeah. As soon as but. you just see, like, how it's worded, <laughs> you're like, oh, my God, did I talk like that? Like, that is so embarrassing. Did I and, talk like a 90s rapper gangster girl? <laughs> like, I actually, like, look like on my Facebook memories from 2004? Yeah. Like, yo, what is up with my, like... Oh my god! I don't know what's up with it that, is, but nobody cares, and you so sound like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, like such an idiot. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, oh gosh. gosh! And then now you got people, like I said, grown adults who are, yes. um, you know, doing their uh, the whole government rants with COVID, and it's like, come on, nobody cares. It's um, just get not, over it, right? Like, it doesn't add any value. I mean, but like, what 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 I difference know, is that going to do? Yeah, right? Nobody's reading that. That's going to actually change the world from your post. So. Um, You know, I know a lot of people treat social media as a form of therapy. Um, I see it all the time. But the problem with doing this is that you're not actually getting sound professional advice 
or help by posting your problems to the world. So you're only getting other people's opinions, which you either A, will like because they're agreeing with you, or B, you will hate because their opinion does not align with yours. Both of which do nothing. They don't do anything. You don't grow or or you just get pissed off because they're having a difference in opinion than you, which... I mean, is naturally going to happen when you post your problems on Facebook. Um, So if they agree with what you're venting about, um, which likely they probably would if they're friends with you on social media, um, usually you attract people in your life that you are similar to. Um, So generally people would, you know, agree with what you're saying for the most part. Um, you're not actually learning or growing or developing as a person or human being by other people agreeing with what you're ranting about. It doesn't actually, you know, you're not actually working through your issues to get to a more favorable outcome for future issues that may arise. Um, in other words, you're just getting a sense of camaraderie instead of actually working through your issues, um, which would actually give you a more long-term favorable result exactly. if you got some actual professional help and advice for any of your you know, therapy or, or issues that you're venting about, right? Yeah, it's not constructive at all. It's not. And it really... Um, it actually does more harm than good because by you venting uh, and sharing your issues on social media, um, you're just getting other people to engage in the in the conversation. And generally, it's probably pretty negative and, you're, and not a positive manif- you're thing. You're manifesting that negative behavior, right? You so you're making that reality seem even greater of a reality than it is. Yeah. And when you do that, you attract more negative things in your life to happen, okay? And it's just, it's a fact. Uh, I don't even care if you believe in the whole universe and what like attracts like and all of that stuff, but it is actually real. And if you notice, like, if you start your day um, with spilled coffee or you, like, stub your toe or you get in a fender bender you will notice that if you stay in that negative space that more bad things will continue to happen okay people complain about it all the time um and it is just a fact that that's what happens as opposed to if you know you start your day with spilled coffee and you're and you change your attitude right away and you're like oh it's spilled coffee who cares i'm gonna make another coffee today is gonna be great change your attitude and you will not attract those negative things to continue to happen um and i think we can all relate to that because you know, Chad and I haven't always been positive people. We had to work on that every single day. And we've had days like in the past where we would have those situations happen and it does spiral out of control. Mm -hmm. And I can confirm that, you know, if you start your day on a crappy note and you don't change your attitude and change your emotions, um, you're attracting bad things to continue to happen until you change your mind. Exactly. And uh, yeah, like on the note of, we were not exactly look at some of our old Facebook posts from oh, back God. in the day. That says it all it about so uh, being out of control and not aware of the impact of what you're saying, what you're doing, how you're acting, you know, all these little things. They, you just do it mindlessly when you're oh, younger. Yeah. 
Um, you think it has no direct impact on the things that are happening in your life, the things mm-hmm. that aren't happening. Um, it has everything to do with it. It has um, everything to do with and it. And I, like you said, I mean, that domino effect of, you know, spill the coffee, then I set my tone. Oh my God, now I, there's a train that I'm stuck at on my way to work. And now it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you're just, the, all these things are just compounding because you're seeking the negative yeah. as opposed to um, looking for the positive light. And um, yeah, I mean, that's something that, you know, if I knew that stuff when I was younger, I just went about my day um, not thinking or about anything I was saying or doing. Like it was like. And that is very clear. <laughs> Thank you so much to Facebook for. Uh, <laughs> offering those memories to us that are super embarrassing um but you know i think also it it does you know when you look back at stuff like that and you look back at the things that you were posting and saying and whatever i mean you don't think that you were like that at that point you know what i mean you think it's totally normal you think like you know everything in the world and you think that what you say is fact and that's why it's good to look back on that and see how far you've come. And that's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Here you go. Bingo. Um, but also, too, uh, something that I think uh, younger people, not just younger people, everybody actually, that does the whole social media therapy or venting on social media um, is not actually aware of is that it also looks really, really bad to any employers who have been doing social media searches on future hires Mm -hmm. ever since social media first started. So don't be naive to the fact to think like, oh, my social media, freedom of speech and whatever. Yes, that is true. You have freedom of speech, but there are consequences to your freedom of speech too, right? And that may mean that you do not get that job um that you really wanted because they saw all your negative rants and nobody would want to hire somebody like that at any job so um oh no no it's not really a favorable (laughs) quality right because if you have that kind of i got a ranter here let's bring him on in that'll be perfect for our culture great fit share your rants with the staff please (laughs) no so um don't be naive to think that you know other people are not looking to see what you're posting and stuff like that, right? So save your venting um, to phone calls, private conversations with close friends that you trust, and don't use it as therapy. Pursue actual therapy options for therapy. Please. Yeah, and I always say this is one, like you think back to when you're younger, what you didn't know and what you know now, right? I yeah. mean, there's, there's a right way and a wrong way to deal with any situation in life, okay? Yeah. Um, and it's not to say you always need to know what that right or wrong way is, but you definitely want to make sure you know what the wrong way is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I think back when I was younger, like, I mean, I, once again, I would not even think of it. I would just do what I thought would be the right decision, which yeah. nine times out of 10 was not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know that, um, you know, one thing my dad told me when I was younger is that life's all about choices. You either make the right choice or the wrong choice. Um, and I love that because, um, yeah, as you evolve and, and grow and, and get more mature, um, you start to really identify what that better choice looks like. And, and that's something that you look back on. It's always going to be different from yeah. where you're at today, right? Exactly. And also having to go through the consequences for the wrong choices. I think exactly. that that is really, truly how you learn, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So number four. You actually don't know everything, contrary to what you may think. 
Okay. In fact, you know much less than what you think um, at a younger age. I know for a fact that every single adult who is listening to this podcast right now thought that they knew everything at the age of 18. Okay. Tell me different. Show me different. But I am 100% confident that... My parents are stupid. So stupid. They don't know anything. (laughs) Um, But, you know... I think that we all thought that at one point in time, and now that we're adults, we know that we actually knew nothing at that age. (laughs) Nothing at all. Um, I think that this is something you have to actually learn the hard way and grow out of to fully understand it, Um, but it actually makes me cringe to think back on all the things I thought I knew for sure that in hindsight I had zero idea about. Exactly. Right. You think you know everything at that age and um, your your world is, is such a bubble. It's such a bubble. You know, and that's the way I look back on. I'm like, man, like when I if I think back, like, it, you know, if you just put me back there now and I, I feel like I would just be like, oh, my God, like I have this bubble around me. I don't even know anything about anything, but I think I do. I think I know everything. Right. And I'm telling everybody Which is a dangerous place. Yeah, like, to isn't be. that the worst place to be <laughs> like in just a, a bubble of like oh, you have yeah. no clue how things work in life. But then you're walking around spewing your nonsense like, you know, everything to everybody. Um, and that's the cringeworthy part about those old posts. So right. So what, like, what do you think that you would say to somebody, uh, you know, that's like 18 that is acting like that? Like, what would you say to them? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing really you can say because they they believe it. Like that's the reality. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's only time will, will help to get over that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I I feel like that's what every parent's struggle is raising a teenager. We don't have kids obviously, but, um, yeah, I mean, they think they know it all and and what are you going to say? Right. Cause that's their belief. That's the reality. It's almost like they have to, you know, go through whatever, um, you know, trial and error and fall flat on their face and figure it out and hit whatever bottom. Um, you know, and we've even dealt with this with different family and and staff issues over the Mm -hmm. years. And, um, yeah, it doesn't matter what you kind of say or do at that point when it, com- no, when it comes to the kinda, deep-rooted things. Yeah, they need to experience yeah. the consequences for yeah. thinking that they know how everything works and realizing that, oh, shoot, maybe I actually don't. <laughs> right? You don't. You don't. Um, and falling on your face and then getting back up. And I think that over time, eventually, you come to the realization that, no, definitely didn't know. Even adults don't know. Nobody knows <laughs> what they're doing. You know no. what I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> crazy yeah um so number five get control of your emotions um and this one is huge uh not just for people uh that are younger but also for adults too there's a lot of people who don't actually um, work on this and get control over their emotions and it is something that is actually life-changing it's one of the most important things if honestly. there was anything i could teach my friends or my family or you know the people that i care most about it is getting control of your emotions it is like super important and it will actually change the quality of your life substantially substantially and that's the only thing you are in control like i said life's gonna throw stuff at you all the time um and you get people that um you know say hey i'm having the worst year ever right Mm -hmm. because something happened um oh you know this is everything's ruined right so uh, and then they'll go around and 
um, yeah, maybe even commit crimes, end up in jail. Like there's, that's the bad end of the scale, suicidal, mm-hmm. all this stuff, right? You have no control yeah. of your emotion, yeah. right? So that's the, the night. And then there's ones where it's like, okay, I'm human. I'm going to experience these things. And it's not to say you pretend that those emotions aren't there. See, that's no. the difference. People think, oh, what am I supposed to just fake it? No, yeah. that's not the case. The case is, is that when these things happen in life that create, like drum up those emotions, it's about identifying it and making sure that you're not going to be that person that goes all the way to suicidal or to having the worst year ever. Mm-hmm. And you only stay in that space for a small period of time. So some of the most happy and successful people in the world, whenever negative emotions happen, they still feel it just like the suicidal person does, yeah. but they do not allow that to carry on because they've practiced building that skill. And that's something that we, you and I have been working on for years. Yeah. Um, it's it's always a work project. in progress. Exactly, yeah. right? But yeah, the more you can do that, shrink that that time gap from when you actually feel that emotion to getting out of it, to turning it around to, um, you know, and some days it's harder than others. Some days yeah. I can get out of it in five minutes. Some days I can get out of it. It takes all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that's part of the whole work in progress thing. It's always a work in progress. Totally. And um, realizing too that other people don't put you in a bad mood. So um, I hear a lot of people all the time like, oh, you know, my spouse pissed me off. So now I'm in a bad mood or my boss said this to me. Now I'm in a bad mood or so and so, whatever. Um, Other people don't actually put you in a bad mood. You're 100% responsible for your moods and how you let them affect your mood. So. Um, stop blaming other people or other situations for being in a bad mood. Um, I know a lot of people do this in their lives. I know a lot of adults that still do it um, because they never learned to master the art of emotional intelligence. Um, It takes practice and it takes intention. It is not something that comes naturally to humans. Um, The beauty of learning the skill of mastering your emotions is that once you do, your entire life will change for the better and you cannot unlearn it. So the sooner you learn it, the better. So I call it mental fitness. Think of it like the comparison to physical fitness. So let's, everybody can think back to the time. Let's say you're feeling good for like a week straight. Every day you wake up, you jump out of bed, you're excited. It lasts a week. Okay. And then starts to taper off. Well, it's because it's just like if you go to the gym every day for a week, you're feeling good, whatever. And then, you know, life happens, you stop going. It's that much more difficult to get back into it. Same thing with a negative um, emotion, right? So it's negative and all of how, you know, day after day just keeps compounding, right? So you're in essence building the negative muscle in the wrong of emotion in the wrong direction. Um, So that's why just like how it's that much easier to um, work out when you've made, you know, that a priority in your life as opposed to I haven't went in months and here I am and it's it's difficult. So I know that with you and I, we've learned that if we focus on um, kind of being in check of our emotion and being aware and being mindful on a regular daily basis, yeah. then that avoids that whole spiral. Exactly. You know, if you think about somebody who becomes suicidal, um, they didn't that didn't happen overnight. They let no. those negative emotions compound. They weren't mindful. They let it get out of control, just like somebody who balloons up to 400 pounds. It yeah. wasn't from that one Big Mac. No. It was because they continued to eat like crap for the entire year or, or yeah. years on end. Yeah. So if you don't intervene, like you're in full control of that, you know, you can blame the world for everything else going on, but um, those things are not in your control and they're going to continue to happen regardless. The only thing you are in control of is your mindfulness and your your willingness to make that a priority every day. 100%. Um, 
And it's not to say that other people can't make you angry or make you pissed off or hurt your feelings or make you sad. Of course, other people can make you feel those feelings. Um, but how you let it affect your mood um, and how you let it impact the rest of your day or whatever you're doing um, is on you. So you are solely responsible for how you let it affect you personally, okay? Um, And yeah, people piss you off. That's fine. People are going to piss you off. But how quickly you change your mood based on that is up to you. And the more that you practice that, then you will notice that other people will not have the power to alter your mood, which is a power that I wish everybody could have the luxury of having. But you know what? It takes work and intention and you have to want better. And the, and the, the funniest part about it, when you make this a priority in your life, it's, it's almost like, you know, when I see people, you know, around me that, um, you know, even just say like an angry customer for something that's so ridiculous and and they're just going off and it's like, so I always, I, it's almost like when you start to be a really positive person yeah. and then all of a sudden somebody is just negative and you're like, it's not even like really that negative, but just cause you just don't associate with negative people like at all, so you like, obvious. you'll hear it from like across <laughs> the room and you're like, Oh, like what the, like, I can't even handle that. Right. Yeah. Um, just like, like I said, different people on Facebook that I've unfollowed that are, you know, doing government rants and I'm like, Hey, that guy was like <laughs> totally normal. And now he's going off the oh, deep yeah. end and that's weird. So I like, know. I can't handle that. It's just, I can't even, too much. right. Um, so you'll start to pick up on that and then you kind of go, wow, like it shows how far that I've came yes. when I, these people you're like, Hey, and, and t- to be fair, like it, it does give a sense of empathy knowing that, you know, they obviously are, you know, have much more work to do than you um, in that journey of of being in control of their emotion because, um, you know, clearly something super small is just setting them off the deep end. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I have friends that'll message me and they'll be like, I am just in the worst mood today because so-and-so said this or so-and-so did that. And it's like, you know, I'm just, I'm one of those friends. I'm, I'm solution based. So I like to give people solutions. Your I favorite don't... saying is either complain and do yes. something about it or don't complain at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm just very solution based and I'm very honest. Um, obviously I'm a kind person and I, you know, value friendship and stuff like that. But, um, I just literally say how it is. And I just tell them that, you know, so-and-so is not responsible for your mood or how you're feeling. You're solely responsible for that. And the way that you're letting it affect you is on you and it has nothing to do with them. So either have that person in your life or don't, or have boundaries to manage your emotions with those people. All right. Number six, vocabulary impacts your mood. Okay. Stop using words that fuel negative emotions. If you learn to use better language on a regular basis, you can actually change how you feel. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's huge. And um, why don't you share about um, the word stress or annoying? Those are your two two words. I used to feel stressed all the time. um, And I don't know if I like, I mean, I did actually feel stressed, but I don't know if it's because I actually just used that word way too much that I just felt stressed because I would say the word stressed. 
Um, so once I decided, I actually read a book um, from, I think it was Jen Sincero's badass book, the yellow book. From yeah, I think her. it was, yeah. Um, anyways, she talked about changing your vocabulary and changing your mood. All successful people talk about this, actually, like Tony Robbins talks about it, too. Um, but it wasn't until I actually made that change and was like, let's just try this and see, because I mean, if that works then why wouldn't I want to try that? So, um, I made an honest effort to change, to identify all my words. So I wrote down all of the negative words that I used on a regular basis. Stress was at the top of the list. I mean, I am a perfectionist and I was just a very wired to be stressful person um, because I had a lot of issues in my past and stuff like that. So I just was like a stressed out person. And then when I decided I was going to stop using the word stress and replace it with something more positive, like challenging um, or whatever, I literally stopped using that word. And I, I don't even feel stressed though. Like it is the weirdest thing. It totally, totally impacts your mood. Um, it's not to say that I don't feel emotions of stress or whatever, but I don't identify them as stress anymore as much because I identify them as a challenge, which seems less stressful actually. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember what we learned is that, um, like the mind is, I mean, just like that whole, you know, attract the universe stuff, uh, like what happens is your the way that you communicate in turn like goes back to your brain and it's how you feel, right? Yeah, so, it's like your subconscious like, mind. If you think about it, you, you know, you're you're communicating all day long, you're talking like if you're just talking about negative things and oh my God, this and that, it's like obviously you're not gonna feel good, right? No. So and by that same token, if you're, you know, being kind and you're, you know, um changing negative emotions to okay, I'm so stressed I'm you know, this, I'm challenged. I'm challenged. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, just simple it seems silly. And we thought it was silly too, yeah. right? Um but we're like, hey, why not try it? Because like everybody seems to be talking about how the vocabulary and your words dictate how you feel. Um and And I mean, now looking back, I realize it totally has to do with the fact of like, as you're saying positive things, just like, you know, if you heard like a very terrible word, you're not going to feel like it's not going to make you smile. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, when you look at it that way, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, and when you start to like, if you just start comparing words, like how do you feel when you say the word like, I don't know, child, for example, does it make you feel youthful or whatever? Um, How do you feel when you say the word death? Like, obviously, that's going to make everybody feel like dark and like crap, right? So um, if you just play around with the different like words on both really opposite ends of the spectrum, um, you will notice the emotions that you feel in your body as you say certain words and that is exactly an example of how words affect you um, and how just simply changing your vocabulary can impact your mood for the better it's huge so great exercise like you said write down all the negative words that you use on a regular basis positive words um, and just try to really spin those around to um, to see how it will impact you for the better exactly so good Number seven is you don't need to plan your entire life out, but you do need to take action and work towards something right now. Um, It may feel, and in fact, I know for a fact when you're younger, it feels like you need to have all of the answers to everything and you need to have your whole life planned out, figured out. 
you know, um, as soon as you are done with high school, like adults start asking you, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And I talk about this in my book too, but like, I never knew what I wanted to do for my entire life. And I found that question extremely stressful and daunting because I thought that because adults were asking me that, that I needed to have an answer to that and that I needed to know. And then I felt like something was wrong with me because I didn't know. And that was the honest answer. And the I felt like the honest answer wasn't good enough. And it was extremely... Um, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. Frustrating? But it, yeah, frustrating would be a good word. Um, because I... Or I challenging. Challenging, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just... It was disheartening, I think, is the word I was there looking for. Because I was just like... I felt bad about not yeah. having my entire life figured out when I was 18 years old and nobody freaking does. Adults yeah, and I feel like this it. is something that a lot of people, you know, their teenagers can relate to. I mean, you have this sense of, okay, I need to know what I'm doing. And I mean, it's, it's, it's comical when you look back, like, it's, you know, the yeah. way that society is set up is that you're supposed to know what your what career and what college and university you're going to go to. That's going to dictate the rest of your life. Yeah. When you're 18 years old and you yeah. don't even know how the world works, Literally. right? You're influenced by your peers, by your family, about what they think you should do or they think you're good at or they think like, you yeah. don't even know who you are as a person, right? And that's why there's so many people that end up having so many different jobs in their life. It's because, you know, it's not set up properly. And well, I don't know the many, solution to that. But How many people <laughs> listening went to college or university for something that are no longer yeah. doing what they went to mm -hmm. college or university for. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I know tons of people yep. in my own life that have went to college or university for multiple things, like three or four different things, programs, and they're not even doing any of those yep. now, right? So I think that that just speaks for itself. Um, I will say that, um, like, so I dropped out of high school when I was 16. I didn't end up going to college, university. School was not my thing. I'm a very self-learner. I'm very motivated personally myself to figure things out on my own. Um, I think I did okay. <laughs> but um, if you are, like, going to school for university or college or anything like that, um, it is not a bad thing. Like you can definitely, you will learn so much from doing that, but don't feel like you have to be stuck to whatever career that you ended up going to college or university for, because you absolutely don't. There are many things that you will learn in those programs that teach you about, you know, things that you can like use in other jobs that don't even relate to mm -hmm. that, right? Like you're still learning. And as long as you're learning, it doesn't even really matter what topic you're learning about. Um, better than not at all. It is right? way better than yep. not doing anything yep. at all or wasting your time, you know, trying to plan out this perfect life plan yep. that's probably going to go really wrong because you're trying so hard for it to be perfect. Um, and you just, you won't even, you won't even get ahead and you're just wasting time procrastinating. At yeah. That I feel point. like the moment you start to take control of, um, and, and like what you actually want to do with your life, not based on what your spouse wanted you to do, your mom, your dad, your friend, or whatever the case is. And you figure out what that looks like for you, what makes you happy. Um, it's typically at that point that, um, that you'll find your, your stride. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, it may, it might feel like you need to have all the answers to everything, 
but you actually don't. And the best way to learn is to start pursuing different things, gaining knowledge in different areas, um, experiencing things and figuring it out as you go. No one, not even adults, have life figured out. Um, we're all just doing our best figuring it out as we go. And you can and you should change your mind many times throughout your life. And um, I say that, uh, but I also want you to know too that flip-flopping with too many jobs will actually hurt you in the long run. Um, we get a lot of resumes in where people are like, oh, I have so much experience. Well, yeah, because you had a new job every freaking month of the year. So that's like 12 jobs in a year. It's not good experience <laughs> because you haven't been there long enough to gain any experience. It's not experience. You need to at least stick to a job for at least a year, um, even longer in most cases, like the longer, the better, um, to actually gain full experience there. So don't be naive to think that, you know, the more experience, the better. That is not the case at all. Couldn't be so, worse. Couldn't be worse. <laughs> exactly. All right. So number eight is try to avoid making life-changing decisions at a young age. Okay. I'm talking about marriage, kids, tattoos, etc. cetera. Um, while you may think that you're mature enough to know what you want at a young age, uh, you actually don't. And I don't mean that in a mean way or anything, but um, if I was giving my younger self this kind of advice, um, I know that I thought that, you know, maybe I could have married somebody else when I was 18 because you just think that you're, you know, with the right person. And I'm and... so glad you were smart enough to make that decision. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's crazy. Um, or even people that have kids at such a young age or yeah, like just anything, right? Don't make permanent life changing decisions when you're young. Um, you just have not lived enough life yet or experienced enough things to know what you actually want or what you actually don't want. So give yourself some time. Don't rush into things. If you still want the same things in life in a few years from now, then go for it. But I bet you your mind will probably change. It will. 100% it will. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? To no, that? I mean, I, I mean... I didn't really, luckily I didn't make too many of these um, decisions. Um, I mean, obviously I made a lot of mistakes, but they weren't really like long-term life-changing in that sense. Um, I mean, obviously I know I had struggles when I was younger, but um, luckily I was able to dodge these bullets, but I know a lot of people A lot of people do struggle have, right? with it, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people do yeah. like get married at a young age. I mean, some people it works out for, but not everybody. And um, I know I, I know quite a few people who have already been married and divorced, you know, one or two times because they just simply got married at a young age. They grew apart and they didn't really know who they were or what they wanted or what they were looking for. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's just best to wait. There is literally no rush. Like I said, if you really still want all those things in a couple of years from now, then go for it at that point. But at least give yourself some time to truly, truly figure it out because these are permanent life-changing decisions, you know? Absolutely. And that, and just to preface this, we're talking about when you're younger, not now, because you shouldn't wait around when you're an adult. And, you know what I mean? We always talk about action is key, right? So yes, I think it's super important. Action is key, but like make sure that the person that you marry is like, <laughs> you know, a decent human being and that you actually like them enough to want to marry them or that you actually want to have kids. I mean... 
I feel like with kids, that's a hard thing because I feel like obviously I know a lot of people who have had kids um, when they're younger and stuff like that. And I, I've never heard anybody ever regretting their kids, obviously. I mean, that's a huge huge thing and you learn to love them regardless even if you know you had them with you know your ex who is a freaking loser i mean i have friends who that's happened to right you love the kids regardless but um just try to avoid making life-changing decisions at a young age just prolong it enjoy your life you know do fun things do fun activities and don't think about these life-changing decisions at a young age that you need to make them you don't that's right. Number nine, don't be in such a rush to grow up. You will eventually get there and you will miss the moments that you should be enjoying now that you'll never, ever get back. Um, I, and I'm talking about like the friends you grew up with, um, the hobbies that you have now, like all of that changes, right? You grow apart from people. Um, you move away, like just all of these things, right? Um, life changes so, so much, um, just all the time, but especially when you're growing up and stuff like that. Um, so cherish every moment because there's always a last time for everything. And is that a country song? I think it is. I think it is for sure. (laughs) It definitely is. Why don't you sing it? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know the words, but I can definitely remember hearing that in a country song. Um, and not to be sad or depressing, but it is so true that there are so many things in life that we do for the last time. And we don't even know at the time that it's the last time that we'll be doing that thing or be with that person. Right. So, Mm. um, I mean, everybody can look back like, you know, who, like you spend, you spend all your summers with your best friend when you're younger and then you end up growing apart and it's just a, a thing of life. Right. So it's just watch the Friends Reunion show and that'll drum up this entire topic. Wasn't that just so sweet? So cute. Yeah, Crazy. no, it's true, right? I mean, obviously they get, um, you know, it's beautiful to think of it like that. You know, there's so many things in life that, you know, you go through and um, at the time you don't, you're not really, especially when you're younger, you don't recognize that no. that moment is is not going to happen again. I mean, it happens even in adult life and it's like, it's beautiful to look back and think that like, wow, like that was so cool that we had that experience or that we did that um, you know, together and, and it, it'll never happen again. You can't, uh, um, you know, sit there and think about the glory days for forever and ever. And, uh, I feel like that would have been the problem with a million friends reunion shows. I know <laughs> it's like, it drums up those emotions and you're kind of like, okay, that was nice. And like, I really got, but then I need to continue to move forward. Cause that's not really going to serve me. As really, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think another important thing too, uh, for, I think kids nowadays, like not so much like that I would tell my younger self, but if I was a kid nowadays, what I would tell myself is to, you know, if you're hanging out with people in person, like put away your phone because you are basically not even present half the time. And adults Mm -hmm. do this too. That's why I'm talking about this, right? Like we're on our phones all the time. And I know whenever I'm in person with somebody, I try my absolute best to not be on my phone the whole time because these moments that we're spending with people and interacting and actually, you know, 
being in somebody else's presence is a gift and you know just enjoy the moment enjoy the company and you cannot do that when Mm -hmm. you're on your phone the whole time right so and i mean obviously when we were growing up we didn't well it was was when cell phones like first came out basically which is like that it makes me feel old the nokia (laughs) snake i had a nokia snake phone that was so fun we called the snake phone it was just a nokia phone but it just had that game snake on it who remembers that best game oh my god like just the best just so stupid but whatever whatever um (laughs) but don't be in such a rush to grow up you will eventually get there and you'll miss these moments and put away your phone um and just be in that present moment with people and treat it as the gift that it actually is okay And that brings us to our last point, which is number 10. And this one is so, so important. Um, Stop trying to be cool or fit in and learn to embrace your authentic self. All right. So this is my problem, but not cocky. I try to be cool. And that's why I'm not friends with anybody from high school, because all the people I was friends with were ones that I was trying to be cool with. Um, And, you know, when you're become an adult and you start to be confident and you identify who you are as a person, that's when you can start to form real friendships that matter, right? Yes. So if I learned that earlier in life, it would have allowed for better friendships to happen sooner. So true. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I was like basically the opposite of that because I was like a very creative and artsy person. So I was like different and I liked different things and um I never struggled with trying to be cool or fit in. I kind of always embraced that part. Um, I had many other issues, but this is something that I really embraced at an early age of being confident, um, but not cocky and not giving in to peer pressure. I mean, the peer pressure was definitely around me, but I never, I guess I felt strong enough and more in control um at that age because i had moved out when i was 16 and i lived on my own so i i just didn't feel the need to do that or try to be cool i mean no one is actually cool what does that even mean i don't even know what it means to be cool it's like such a stupid thing right um So, yeah, and anyone who is mean to you or bullying you or is the person who is trying to get you to do things, to be cool, whatever that means, um, is actually the one who is insecure themselves and they're just projecting their own insecurities onto you. Um, So stand up for yourself, be confident, act with integrity and always do the right thing honesty is always the best policy and we are all made to be unique special and different so just embrace that that's fantastic i love that yeah so and i you know i wish that more kids would actually do that um and embrace who they actually are being different is cool being different is cool whatever (laughs) cool means i don't even know what cool means so stupid Um, but yeah, so, uh, those are our top 10 things we would tell our younger selves. Um, and what advice would you give your younger self? Share it with us. We would love to hear it. 
Um, maybe you can share this episode with your teenager going through some of these things. Maybe it might help, um, or maybe they don't want to hear about what adults think that they would tell the younger selves. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's for you to decide. That's for yeah. you to decide. It doesn't hurt yeah. to try, though. Um, and so, yeah, so that's that. You have anything else to add? It's great. I hope you found this podcast episode helpful. And as always, thanks for listening to Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast with me, your host, Rebecca Hamilton, owner and creator of Chick Boss Cake. I cannot wait to talk to you again soon. Hit me up. I'm on social media on Instagram at Rebecca at Chick Boss Cake or Facebook at Rebecca Hamilton Co. Today is a great day to make greatness happen and turn your ordinary life into something extraordinary. Start creating the life of your dreams today. Guess what? You can now be featured on our podcast. We've got different packages to choose from listed on my website, rebeccahamiltonco.com. Get your podcast product or service noticed by advertising with us on our podcast. Reach our loyal listeners and let us help you to increase your audience or sales.